This Week in HPC. Microsoft acquires analytics startup. And Bitcoin miner dives into immersion cooling. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. How's it going, Michael? Very well, Addison. How's it going there? Doing fine, thanks. I've been in Colorado this week, enjoying the bright, sunny weather while you're holding down the fort in Germany, and I'm sure Chris and Laura are doing just fine in California without us. <laughs> yeah, we're all spread out for, for a little bit of time here. Exactly. And uh, you found a couple of interesting stories this week in HPC, starting with a big data story where Microsoft, a company we haven't talked about in a while, has made a big acquisition with respect to big data. Yeah, we're not quite sure how big the acquisition was since they didn't disclose the financial terms, but they bought a company called Revolution Analytics, uh, which has been around since about 2007. Uh, and the, what they do is they uh, they package services and support for the R language, which is a statistical language used for predictive analytics, advanced analytics, things that uh, people have been doing for a while, but they, uh, they helped create the uh, R language implementation that, that uh, is sort of enterprise ready. And they've been working right. at this for a while. And then Microsoft uh, bit, and they're going to they're gonna buy the whole shebang. Yeah, R has come up repeatedly in our conversations with end users about big data. It is a, a kind of a specialized language that has to do with statistics. But when you dig into the middleware stack, the developer stack of what people are doing in big data, we find a lot of usage of R. Now, R itself, the language, the whole you know compilers and all the uh, the tools are open source. Revolution Analytics provides support and services around R, and that's what Microsoft is acquiring, but R itself remains open source. Right, and I think they've, they've got some add-ons just like anybody, just like you know Red Hat and all these other uh, sort of open source service companies do, but uh, the revolution has done fairly well. They've got some nice customers that they've acquired over the past uh, several years. They've got Pfizer and Novartis, uh, the Yale Cancer Center, Bank of America, and, a, and a, actually a number of other financial firms, not ser services firms. So it seems to be quite popular as a, as an open source statistical package at the uh, at the banks and insurance companies. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Anything that's really math-oriented, you highlighted a lot of these financial applications, and as they get into a lot of their analytics, that's going to be statistical packages, and, and R is kind of a natural fit for that. Now, as I mentioned, we haven't talked about Microsoft in this space for a while. They kind of shifted gears after making a big push in HPC uh, several years ago. Uh, as, as Azure came up and Microsoft really focused on cloud, Cloud, uh, HPC disappeared into the cloud with Azure, yeah. and, and we didn't really hear about them in, in HPC that much. So, you know, let's look at what role big data has here and, and to what extent it's part of their cloud strategy with Azure. Yeah, I think this is a big part of it, and I think uh, they're going to 
integrate some of the Revolution Analytics IP into their into their cloud platform, especially Azure-based solutions. Um, I think that's where Microsoft has seen, you know, where they want to go with uh, a, a lot of their software, and certainly the uh, the big data side. But I think that this seems like a good fit for them. At the same time, I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna maintain the open source ability of the language itself. Just uh, have some. You know, customized integration for their own platform. Yeah, I guess what I'm wondering is which direction is driving this. Is this that their Azure customers have been saying, we want to do more statistical analysis and we want our services in the cloud, or is it an independent drive into big data with Microsoft, and then they're going to have to fence with how much of it is public cloud versus what Microsoft would refer to as on-prem, uh, you know, what the role is, what the overlap is with cloud. Because one thing we found, again, through our, our end-user research studies is that although they're both major IT trends now, big data and cloud, the overlap of public cloud resources and big data has remained thin, just the same as it has with high-performance computing applications. Right. Yeah, that's certainly the case. I, I think the main attraction for for Microsoft at this point is is that they get to uh, attract uh, a lot of the developers that are currently working with R. And there's there's quite a few. I mean, people estimate there's maybe a couple million uh, data scientists that are using R simply because it's open source. It's very easy to access, and it, it's it's being promoted at universities and other places. And now that's leaking into the commercial area. So so whether you know the platform. Microsoft is a is an on-premise system using something like Microsoft Server technology, or it's a cloud-based uh, platform with something like Azure. I don't think Microsoft cares. I think they're looking for you know a bigger play in in the big data space uh, for everything they've got. And they they seem to think this open source R is 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 going to be a big uh, win for them. Well, and I'll tell you where there really is a true uh, uh, opportunity for Microsoft in all of this is to the extent that you have people who are coming from desktop or workstation or PC environments that are still largely Windows-based, right. which happens a great deal in a lot of these vertical markets you just mentioned. My desire to scale those applications in a big data fashion, really cloud is my primary choice because to go to a cluster environment implies uh, switching everything over to Linux. So the least painful route might be to do what work I can on my desktops and then, as necessary, burst those out to an Azure cloud environment. Yeah, although it's worth mentioning, even uh, Microsoft now uh, is embracing Linux to some extent with Linux and Hadoop-type uh, integrations as well. So they're, they're trying to cover all bases here. And, uh, you know, certainly they would, they would like people to adopt the Azure cloud platform, but uh, I think they're they're hedging their bets in a lot of different ways from from a multitude of uh, different platform options. Well, embracing might be a strong word. I mean, yeah. you know, grabbing something around the throat is a kind of embrace, too. <laughs> right. That's true. So, you know, I, I think Microsoft would prefer to see a Windows-based world, but, uh, but certainly acknowledges that Linux is part of these more scalable environments. And, uh, uh, and now they've got uh, another, uh, another open-source-based uh, component to, to complement these, uh, these big data solutions. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as they go forward what they do with it. But I think it's a very interesting acquisition for Microsoft. 
Definitely interesting. Now, sticking with interesting topics, this is one I've ranted on before, but you found a story that I just thought was too interesting. We can't ignore it. There's a Bitcoin mining company called Bitfury that's gotten so serious about what it's doing that it's buying an immersion cooling company. Yeah, this uh, immersion cooling solution uh, built by... uh Allied control. Allied control. Yeah, and, and we know them in supercomputing. They've, they've partnered with 3M, and then they've built uh, systems for 3M that does immersion cooling that 3M likes to pitch to high-performance computing uh, infrastructure. But in this case, they bought them up because the Bitcoin mining has become such a specialized and performance-centric uh, task that everything that, that makes it more efficient instantly becomes sort of a, a driving factor. And one of the things that's driving it now is that just the cooling required in, in all this infrastructure they're building to do the mining is costing them a lot of money. And so they built this, or they, they bought this immersion cooling company that's going to reduce their, their cooling bill by quite a bit. I think uh, Allied Control says you can save about 95% on the cooling bill by doing this immersion. Basically, it's a thing we've talked about before that's a, it's a dielectric uh, type solution that you can sync the servers into and it's right. it's like it works much better than than air certainly and even water it cools very efficiently and you can run your uh, your servers basically at, at full tilt without causing any any heat problems at all you know, it's this kind of thing that, you know, I think of when when people will look at one of our forecasts and there's always an other category where we look at how much spending there is in the market in high performance computing and all these different areas. Then there will be an other with one or two percent on it. People say, well, what's in that other? Well, here's an example. We didn't have Bitcoin mining called out as a use case for high performance computing. But of course, organizations that do it are, are absolutely buying uh, supercomputing technology, very scalable clusters. And here's a, an even greater indication of their desire to put together uh, customized solutions. You, uh, you know, you point to uh, customize ASICs to try to do these uh, these Bitcoin mine algorithms more efficiently. Now we're getting into these uh, um, more esoteric cooling solutions to try to increase density. Now, to be fair, a lot of people look at Bitcoin mining or are coming from the perspective of thinking about, you know, workstations or high-end gaming platforms. So to go to the cooling requirements of an HPC cluster, you know, seems like uh, it's a lot more than anything they've ever looked at. We've seen the heat that HPC clusters put out. We've seen all kinds of cooling. That doesn't really seem different to us. But, you know, this company, Bitfury, might wind up branching out into HPC as a result, right? Right. In fact, They've, they've actually admitted to that. I mean, the, they said that the large-scale production of, of some of this cooling technology, they could they could go out and start. They, they actually hope to get some solutions on the HPC market, a more generalized solution. I mean, what what they do, they actually build the ASICs and, and the servers for Bitcoin mining. So I'm not sure how they would morph those into a more generalized HPC solution, but maybe there's a way to do it. But uh, I think maybe they feel a little vulnerable. I mean, Bitcoin is is lucrative to, to some extent. It's, it's a very fast-moving market, but it's a very niche market. And I think they're using they're looking to uh, diversify a little bit. Maybe this is one way they can they can do that. 
Well, as with anything that's that's purely economics or currency based, it's a purely fungible market. If it were that lucrative, then more people would buy clusters and compete for it. So eventually, it's a zero sum game. It's your your long term profits from an economics, a pure microeconomic standpoint, trend to zero because anyone, if it's profitable, then then you attract another entrant, and if it's unprofitable, right. then you get exits. So the the long term limit is always going to be pointing towards zero no matter what. Now, I admit that I'm not an expert on the, a lot of the algorithms that go into Bitcoining, but my, what I suspect is that if you built an architecture that's really good at them, it might be good for other types of HPC, arc, uh, HPC algorithms, particularly in things like Monte Carlo simulations or, or other things that are highly parallel. Right, I think it's probably general purpose enough to do those sort of, you know, uh, analytics or, or hashing algorithms. So maybe they've got something like that uh, on the back burner. So, yeah, we should also remember BitFury. Actually, I don't think there's much miners themselves as they sell to miners. They basically build the infrastructure. Maybe they they set up some data centers for themselves, but they they're basically uh, infrastructure providers from from my understanding of it. Um, so we'll continue and to make profits. Provide, if they provide infrastructure to Bitcoin miners, they might as well provide it to supercomputing users. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be a company to watch. Maybe we'll see them pop up somewhere else, maybe another specialized area of the HPC market. Uh, but an interesting, uh, and again, another interesting acquisition than something we might see uh, see again. People buying their next HPC solutions from BitFury. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. All right, Michael. Well, that'll wrap up another week in the news. Thanks for joining me. Very entertaining, as always. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 